Hi, everybody, and welcome to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing on this terrific day? Hey, Alan, I'm doing good, buddy. You know, like you, I've, I've had a, a busy couple of uh, weeks here. Lately. Yes, yes, we both and, have. And I got to say, I, you know, I know we had stuff to take care of, but it's somewhat comforting to me to be able to make time to come back to the podcast. I think generally for the last two years, two and a half years, I think everybody feels this. You know, again, we're, it's, we're recording this during the pandemic phase, right? right. Semi-post pandemic, I guess you could say. And any sense of normality, I think it's helpful. Right. Including any routines. Any routines. Yeah. Yeah. And I broke a lot of my good routines and replaced them with really bad routines. So um, I got to fix that. That that can be its whole other episode. That is that is a whole other podcast. With, with, with that me? alone. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's also kind of weird for it's us. It's called to- Don't Do What I Do. <laughs> Today's a little bit weird, too, because both Constantine and Harvey are, are yeah, out of office. They're today. both off. Yeah. What are we going to do? I We're going to have to fumble through it on our own, I guess. Oh, man. OK. All right. All right. It'd be like the early days. <laughs> oh, I don't want to return <laughs> no, to those. No, 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 terrible. no. All right, everybody. Well, we're here today to record our coverage of season four, episode 12, campaign ad. Campaign ad. Yeah, this guy came in right around 2140. And uh, this is, Mark, if you remember, last week was our midpoint of season four. Right. This is the first episode of the second half of season four. And uh, it first aired on January 19th, 2012, directed by Dean Holland. We know that guy. Sure. And written by Alan Yang. We also know him. We do. Uh, Dean, for Dean, this was the 11th of 27 he directed. Wow. He was the most uh, tenured director on the show for the run. Right. Uh, He also produced this episode. Uh, Alan Yang wrote this episode. It's the seventh of 16 he wrote and it takes the primary writing credit for. And he also produced this episode. So, uh, you know, deeply enmeshed and creative guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Mark, um, are you going to get us into our synopses for this episode? Boy, am I ever. Let's do that. So strap in. All right. So uh, I split this sucker into an A story, B story, and a C story. Yes. Judges say, oh, that's who I thought. Okay. Even though Harvey is not here, his his inventions are still He left me his button pusher thingy. (laughs) It's got a name. I don't know what it is. It's called Alan. All right. So (laughs) that's a person. All right. So my A story is entitled, What Would You Do for a Bobby Bar? (laughs) That's brilliant. I don't even want to tell you what mine is now. Go ahead. (laughs) All right. Bobby Newport, heir to the Sweetums Candy Fortune, enters the city council race despite a complete lack of political interest or experience and is immediately way ahead of Leslie in the polls. Since Bobby refuses to debate Leslie, Ben pushes for a negative campaign attack ad during the highly rated Pawnee versus Eagleton high school basketball game. Leslie always dreamed of running a clean campaign and is very uneasy with this approach. But Ben thinks pointing out Bobby's shortcomings is the only way she can come back. They decide to have Leslie make a positive ad, Ben make a negative ad, and they're going to let the gang decide which one they like best with the winner airing on TV. What will happen? What does Leslie think of Bobby Newport? Who will win the ad off, Leslie or Ben? Can they arrive at a compromise that will please them both? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. I'm still, I love your, again, your A story, your tagline for it. It's very good. <laughs> the subtext of that is, yeah, uh, my dad made it. Right, right, right. Yeah. right exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, anyway, my my A story tagline, Mark, was don't complain about it. That's not bad. It's okay. It, compared to yours, it really stinks. <laughs> well, we can't all be me. No, all right. That's true. So thank God. All right. So the B story yeah. I have as entitled, Meet Ron, Ben 2.0. 
What? No, keep going. No, no, okay. All right. Chris asks for Ron's help in delivering bad budget news, which the anti-government Ron is very happy to do. However, afterwards, Ron becomes uncomfortable when Chris asks him out to lunch. Over time, Chris continues to offer seeming overtures of friendship, and Ron continues to avoid Chris's overtures of friendship. On a hunch, Donna suggests to Ron, maybe Chris misses Ben. Mm. How will this turn out? Is Ron's automatic office door fast enough to stop Chris? <laughs> Who does Ron rope into being a stand-in as Chris's friend? Does Chris drug Ron? <laughs> Stick around. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Those are terrific. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that storyline. Uh, mine was titled Ben 2.0. Oh, see, I like that better. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good, Agnes. We're kind yeah. of on the same page. There you go. All right. All right, so the C story I had entitled The Agony of Defeat, <laughs> the legs, the eyes, and the ankles. <laughs> huh? That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> D anything would have worked in this episode. That, yeah. yeah, that's right. When Andy gives himself a possible concussion... <laughs> <laughs> he he and April go to Anne for medical advice, who reminds them they both have health insurance. I think maybe Andy for the first time. So stop being idiots. Go see some freaking doctors. Yeah. They initially meet with Dr. Harris regarding the concussion. But after Andy tells him all the ailments and injuries he acquired over the years, Dr. Harris gives them several referrals. And April and Andy prepare to spend the rest of the week going to multiple specialists for both of them. What will happen? Exactly how does Andy give himself a concussion? What will April do if Andy gets glasses? How do April and Andy deal with their insurance deductible? Hang in there, podcast viewers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. These two, um, they're, they're noobs at healthcare. I think it's fair they to They certainly say. are. Yeah. Yep. Mine was titled Health Scare. All right. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a little scary. It certainly is. They should, as, as, as young, even as young adults, they should probably know a little more than they actually seem to. They're... They're neophytes at this adulting thing. They really are. Yeah. yeah. And they're also new at it. So, um, <laughs> hey, Mark, uh, why don't we do our AKAs real quick? Here come the AKAs. All right. Um, so I have one from, I guess I did each of the three storylines. I did that right. Nice job. Okay. So the first one is. Because um, you're not much of a rule follower. I, some of our viewers may remember that. No, I am not. And I my parking spot sometimes suffers as a result. Um so the first one I have from the A story is uh, from good old Bobby Newport. And you, you kind of alluded to it here. Have a Bobby bar. My dad made him. <laughs> that just cracks me up uh, from the, I think it's my B story. Uh, the, the, the Chris Ron story yeah, yeah. Um, at, at a certain point, Ron's kind of being Chris's hatchet man. And his, his statement is the dam's dead. Have a nice day. When he's telling someone that, you know, his damn project is not your damn project, but his, yeah, his damn the project. damn project. Right. Yes. And then for the uh, C story, the April Andy one, it's <laughs> when they first go to Dr. Harris. He is so great at being apathetic. Ugh. And and my quote from him is look whatever. to the left, the right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he's bored halfway through the sentence. Right. He just runs out of steam. Oh, it's like so someone good. that we used to work with. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah, as yeah. a matter of fact, yep. <clears throat> All right. What'd you have? All right. So for the A story, uh, and I did mine slightly different. We had the same A story, but I think you and I switched our B and C story. Oh, okay. No, no big deal, though. Same yep. stories. So for my A story, uh, the the campaign, you know, uh, ad, 
Um, at one point, Leslie is in favor of lots of things, and I think we'll cover that today. Oh, yeah. And she says, as you can see, I'm in favor of a lot of things, like hot dogs. <laughs> I mean, how is that going to win over the voting public? Everyone likes hot dogs, Everyone. or they should. Well, they should. Yeah. yeah. I, I even eat hot dogs as a vegetarian. They're just, you know. They're, they're not dogs. They're not dogs. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, you stole my joke. Thanks. <laughs> You're a vegetarian? Uh, Shut Weird. up. For your B story, <laughs> my C story. Uh, yeah. The Ron one. The Ron one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. one. <laughs> Ron says to, to uh, Chris at one point, he says, uh, but we did just have lunch last week. So I feel like we've spent enough social time together for the foreseeable ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's so Ron. I love that. Uh, and then finally, for your, your C story, my B, my B story. Um, I said, uh, I had two actually, and I think the best one is, um, Andy has basically been jabbed in the arm with a bunch of needles to see what he's basically allergic to. Right. And he says, I think based on the redness, I might be allergic to getting stabbed by needles. <laughs> I think he may be onto something there. He's very observant. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job on the AKAs, Mark. Love it. Let's get into our, our breakity down here a little bit. And I think you're going to kick us off with uh, something about our cold open. That is correct, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. So yeah, uh, our cold open kicks off. Uh, it's uh, 98 seconds long, so I'd say it's the midsize. It's definitely plot relevant. Um, it's like a Kia Rio midsize. Yeah. No, Optima. Oh yeah, the Optima is the midsize. The, yeah, 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 that yeah, is yeah, a midsize. Yeah. The yeah, Rio's right. on the small side. It's on the small yeah, side, yeah. yeah. This is more the Optima. Yeah. All right, so somewhere outside of City Hall, I wasn't sure exactly where this was, but we're outside, we're away from City Hall somewhere. Uh, Leslie and Ben are in the audience at what looks like a press conference. Yeah. And an announcer, who I assume is a campaign uh, volunteer of some sort, uh, is at a cluster of microphones introducing the new candidate for city council to the press. Um, Alan, let's have constant. No, let's Harvey. Um, Alan, why don't you play this clip? Oh, crap. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can find it here. It's not as easy as you thought, is it? This is not as easy as I thought. <laughs> here, here. I found it. Here, All right. All right. Good. Ladies and gentlemen, the next city councilor for the great city of Pawnee, Bobby Newport. It's Pawnee. Hey, Bobby. Hey. Thanks, guys. I'm Bobby Newport. You know, we're two days into this campaign, and so far it's going great. In fact, I don't know why they call it a campaign, because up until now it's been a camp pleasure. <laughs> All right, hey, why don't we line up for autographs and free Bobby bars? Huh? Who wants a Bobby bar? Bobby Newport, heir to the Sweetums candy fortune. My dad made them. He just <laughs> entered the race, and he's already 70 points up in all of the polls. He is attractive and charming, and his family employs half the town. But so what? I am a lifelong government bureaucrat who's well-versed in the issues. And those are the kind of sexy qualifications that win elections. How's it going? I'm Bobby Newport. But you probably knew that already. Well, Mr. Newport, we meet at last. I'm Leslie Nope. Ah, okie doke. So, do you want me to sign that to Miss Lope or just Nesney? What? <laughs> no. I Leslie's fine. Leslie? Yeah, Miss Nope is a candidate for city council. Been calling your office trying to set up a debate. Oh, no, you guys are wrong. I'm running unopposed. I'm pretty sure I'm running unopposed, right? <laughs> no, you're not running unopposed. You're very opposed by me. Oh, terrific. I love meeting people. I love it. Yeah. What do you guys do? <laughs> 
We, we just told you, we're gonna be running for city council. Great, here, have a Bobby bar. Go ahead, my dad made them. Okay, folks. Hey, I'm Bobby Newport. I think we scared him. Here, have a Bobby bar. My dad made them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know his dad made those Bobby bars? He is getting a lot of mileage out of those Bobby bars. He really is, yeah. yeah. Because uh, I'm not sure there's a lot else behind his campaign. I don't. I don't think so. Not a lot of intelligence. Not not demonstrated as so far yet. No, no. But he's he's a Bobby Newport, and everyone can have a Bobby Bar because his dad made him. Should we send out a search party for Nick Newport Jr. Because I feel like he just kind of went. You know, I saw a milk carton the other day, <laughs> and I wasn't going to say anything because I didn't want to be an alarmist. That is brilliant. I just realized how we're going to promote this podcast. Nice. Yeah, he's, yeah there you go. <laughs> well, from there, we find ourselves in Anne's office. And, you know, as we kick off the main episode, I feel like we kind of get a PSA on ladder safety, Mark. And, uh, you know, about whether or not using a ladder chair may or not be in one's best interest. You know something about this, don't you, Mark? I, I certainly do. <laughs> Spoiler, don't do it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're uh, we're at City Hall. Uh, for the next scene here. And we see April and Andy come into Anne's office for some medical advice. Apparently Andy has a headache and is seeing double after whacking his head against the wall. After listing off several other things, uh, symptoms that he has, um, Anne tells them you got cuts and bruises. Fine. I, I can, I can help you with that. But other than that, you need to go to a doctor. And, and April, I think initially balks at the thought of them yeah. going to a doctor. Cause that, Stuff is expensive, but sure. Anne insists they go, telling them that they now have insurance. Don't be idiots. Go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not sure why she would be so concerned. I mean, he basically just has a headache. He's seeing double. Uh, he's got a song stuck in his head. Yeah. His teeth hurt and he's hungry. And she goes, well, some of those things are symptoms and some of them are just being a person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Earworm being a person. Yeah. She's not wrong. No, nope. she's not wrong. Mark, I wish that our viewers at home, we could play this clip for them because, but you, it's all visual, you know, him sneezing and whacking his head against the wall is just comedy brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's standing on a chair, yeah. the, the chair ladder. Yeah. And, and I think they're at Tref Cab. They uh, are at Tref Cab. And, and, and he's trying to hang the gold record that Leslie that's got That's what him this is Christmas. all about, Mark. That's the, right. The he had, that's the yeah. point. He has a gold damn record <laughs> and he's trying to hang it above the door, that's right. uh, you know, I call, I call it the door port, port colis. And um, he's trying to hang it up there and he sneezes, uh-huh. nearly puts his head through the wall. Oh he waxes God. so far and he's like, hangs there for a second. April <laughs> says, are you okay? He's like, uh-huh. Does a wild hammer swing to the side. Yeah. Tumbles off in a spectacular uh, Pratt fall. A Pratt fall. But don't bump. Very good. Well, Mark, we continue the next scene at Traff Cab. And, you know, in the biblical story, you know, David attacked Goliath with a, a handmade slingshot and some simple stones. Here, Ben has a similar strategy to take down Leslie's Goliath, Bobby Newport. <laughs> That's right. And, and you know, Alan, I just realized we should probably say for our for our viewers, and I don't know if they're real viewers or not, that uh, Traff Cab is our acronym. Oh, well, the, everyone knows this, Mark. It's all over the Internet. It, is it being hashtagged? Yeah, is it a thing now? Already. Yeah, it's a uh, it's, it's bigger than the, the thing that happened at that. It didn't matter. Yeah. And so it's it stands for the residents formerly known as Burleys. Oh, you know what? We need we should have asked Andrew Berlinson about this. You know what? You're exactly we right. We missed our opportunity. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yes, we well, did. Well, we'll be airing that interview soon, and you can imagine that we asked them this important question. <laughs> That's right. So 
as Alan alluded to, we're at uh, TrefCab, which is, I think, where Nope Campaign Headquarters is yeah. now that Ben, who lives at TrefCab, yeah. is, is his her campaign manager. So it officially moved out of Ann's house. That's right. OK, that's right. Um, and they're there with uh, with uh, Leslie and Donna and Ann are all watching a campaign ad on TV from Bobby Newport. And Ben enters the room to tell them all his campaign strategy for Leslie. And so in a nutshell, he explains that, as, as you alluded to, Alan, they are David. Newport is Goliath and their slingshot, so to speak, is airing an attack ad on TV during the upcoming Pawnee Eagleton High School basketball game, which in Pawnee is bigger than the Super Bowl. And everyone thinks Ben's idea is fantastic. Well, it's almost everyone. Almost everyone. Almost everyone. Yeah. Well, from here, we bounce over to Ron's office. And when we know from previous experience that Chris is not good at confrontation. And I can be honest, I was thrilled to hear him admit it here. I thought that that was progress. Yeah. Like self-realization. I, I loved it. I, I do too. So yeah, we're at City Hall and Ron is at his desk. It looks like maybe he's doing a crossword puzzle. Yeah. I want to say. That's hard at work. Seems about right. And Chris enters his office and Chris asks Ron if he wants to sit in during a public works meeting. And Ron predictably scoffs at this, but Chris goes on to explain the meetings about slashing the budget for a list of projects, and he hates delivering bad news, as you alluded to. Now, this gets Ron's attention, and he <laughs> cheerfully offers to accompany Chris and essentially play his hatchet man. I love it. Um, you know, Ron, he turns on a dime, too, because at first he's like, look, I I'm very busy here. And he says, well, I'm being forced to brutally cut entire budgets. And he's like, I can make room in my schedule. Yep, yep. Actually, Mark, you know what? He's it's not a crossword. I just pulled it up here. It's not. Uh, no, it's it's a paper version of Wordle. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so gullible. Oh, my God. Hey, Mark, they removed that word from the dictionary. Did you know that? Stop it. <laughs> I've already checked today. I've been told that twice today. Stop it. <laughs> well, speaking of being told stuff. Y'all. Over at Pawnee Medical Center, this next scene reminded me of the time that, you know, in my youth, my friend buried his nine iron in the back of my head, oh. um, a.k.a. my brain helmet. Did they get it out? Uh, well, we'll see. Oh. Uh, because I was standing too close to his backswing. That's what happened. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> not not smart. Uh, the good news is that there was no long-term damage. Oh, good. And I hope the same is true here for Andy. Wow. Now, this is, this is Pawnee Medical Center. Is this a.k.a. Ann Perkins Hospital? No, Mark. This is a new place. It's Pawnee Medical Center. This is that's that's um Is it? That's Pawnee St. Joseph Hospital. This is Pawnee Medical Center. Whole new location. You're right. I had my analysts dig deep into this. I have to take a walk. Like I don't even know what to do now. <laughs> All right. So we're at the Pawnee Medical hey, Mark, Center. What's that? Did I tell you that once upon a time a friend of mine took a nine iron and it hit me in the back of the head? That's fascinating. There's no long-term damage though. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. That's all right. You were telling me something about a nine iron. I wasn't paying attention. Oh yeah. Remind me to tell you about that later. Oh my God. Okay. So we're at, and we're at the Pawnee Medical Center and um, April and Andy are with the um, rude uh, Dr. Harris, who you know, we, we secretly love. And, and, and he's looking into Andy's eyes with a light and otherwise examining him as you know, you might do with someone who potentially has a concussion. And Dr. Harris surmises that if he does indeed have a concussion, it's extremely mild. So not too worrisome. And he asks Andy if there's anything else. And at first Andy says no, but then unloads. And, you know, should we, uh, should we have a, 
Hey, Alan, why don't you play the rest of this clip? Oh my God, here we go again. All right. But I agree, by the way, this is a good clip. Look to the left, the right, whatever. <laughs> are you the kind of doctor who gets hooked on his own drugs? I bet you are. So Andy, tell me what happened. I was reading an encyclopedia and I tripped or fell over and hit my head or brain helmet, you call it. Yeah, he sneezed and smacked his head against the wall. That sounds about right. Well, if it's a concussion, it's extremely mild, so I wouldn't worry about it. Anything else bothering you? Nope. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I've got a weird uh, rash in my knee pit area, and my tongue on this side doesn't taste anything anymore. Sometimes when I walk, my ankles make like a weird rattlesnake sound. What else? Things that are far away from my eyes are fuzzy. I once ate a Twix with the wrapper on it, and I've never seen the wrapper come out. Also, I've swallowed every piece of gum that I've chewed for the past 25 years. I don't know. I broke my thumb on the way over here. Oh, gee, oh my god. Fix me. Well, I can help you with the thumb, and I'll have to give you referrals for specialists for the other thousand things. Wow, thanks for nothing, Dr. Harris. You're welcome. He's so nonplussed. I love it. Yeah, he, he's not phased to this at all. Oh, I love it. That his thumb looked nasty. That, that looked very, very painful. Good makeup job there. Yeah, for sure. Just fix me. Just for crying out loud. I've, I've said wanted that. to say that. Yeah, I, I have. have. I can totally relate. Well, Mark, back over at Tref Cab. Yep. Uh, it turns out that not everyone is on board with Ben's attack ad idea. I think it actually might be Jerry who has a problem with it. Oh, freaking cherry, I swear <laughs> to God. Um, yeah. Um, Leslie tells Ben that um, she thinks maybe Donna, Donna has yeah. a real problem going negative, <laughs> dot, 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 which Donna quickly denies. And then um, Leslie tells Ben that uh, Anne uh, has a real problem going negative, but it becomes clear from her cheery demeanor that that is not the case. <laughs> and finally, Ben pins Leslie down and asks her, hey, how do you feel about going negative? And she finally admits, quote, I hate negative ads and I would never do one in a million years. So there nice. you go. We may be at an impasse. Yup. Yeah. Well, from there, we bounce back over to Chris's office and uh, it seems like it's time to gut. I mean, meet with the public works department and, uh, you know, our newly forged dynamic duo seems ready to go. Yes, sir. I couldn't tell if this was Chris's office or just a, a meeting room. It's Chris's office. It? I have 100% certainty. Oh, good. Good in that case. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're, uh, Chris and Ron are, are meeting uh, at their public works meeting there uh, with an idea man uh, <laughs> named John. I always wanted to be an idea man. Me too. I just don't have any ideas and I'm right. not really... It doesn't matter. So, Chris <laughs> takes his usual approach, smiling and being cheerful. Sure. Until Ron lowers the boom with maybe a little bit too much enthusiasm and tells John all of his ongoing projects are canceled and John is devastated and Chris says they're sorry and Ron <laughs> insists he is not nope. and he congratulates everyone on a good meeting and he leaves whistling cheerfully. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Uh, Ron basically says, well, Chris says something positive. Yeah. That's how he starts it. And then Ron goes, and we're also canceling all of your ongoing projects. Right. And he says, well, what about the Pawnee River Dam? Dam's dead. Have a nice day. I think I think maybe my favorite line here is is John is alarmed and says, well, oh, yeah. where will all the water go? And Ron, in a brilliant genius it. move, shrugs and says, wherever it's heading now. He's not wrong. That is brilliant. I mean, physics. 
The important thing is the dam is never happening and your, your dream, dream has, has been, been crushed. crushed. <laughs> that belongs on a t-shirt. Oh my gosh. Uh, insert X here. Yep. Mm. Well, back over at Campaign Central, uh, we have a bit of, uh, of a campaign ad idea bake-off. And we learned about how Tom always wins when betting on the ponies. Oh, I always wondered about his secret. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, Leslie and Ben are now arguing the pros and cons of going negative. And they try to get Tom, their communications director, to weigh in. But he unhelpfully supports them both. both he, he, equally, he's he's yeah. playing both sides. Yeah, he really is. So finally, Ben suggests he and Leslie each make a demo version of their ad and let the gang vote on it. And the winner gets aired on TV. And Leslie agrees, although she might be taking a little bit too much glee and telling Ben that uh, Jerry will be on his team because, you know, you want to go negative, buddy. Take the biggest one we got. That's right. You can take Jerry. Poor Jerry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, the campaign gang, as you alluded to, splits up to produce their separate ads. And and we start with what I'm calling team positive ad. Right. uh, Taking a trip to the mean streets of Greater Pawnee. Right. So team hot dog, our team positive ad. That's right. As a, well, That's their AKA. So they're, they're, they're outside on the streets of Pawnee, the wild, wild streets yeah. of Pawnee yeah. uh, with Leslie. And Leslie is having Tom record her positive ad with right. the help of some citizens. I think I see a, a woman and a few kids yeah, yeah. Uh, in front of a hot dog cart. However, just as Tom starts recording, a giant bus rolls to a stop right behind them with Bobby Newport's big face and picture and the phrase (laughs) Newport 2012 plastered all over the side. And Leslie turns around, sees the bus and has a, oh, come on, moment. (laughs) This is very good. Yep. Didn't Leslie say that she was going to take Ann and Donna on her team? And yet, where are they exactly? Yeah, I was wondering that, too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we bounce back over to the PMC, Mark. That's the Pawnee Medical Center. Ah, I like it. And April and Andy have begun visiting this long list of referrals from Dr. Harris. And first up, the eye doctor. I think there may be something wrong with his eye chart based on what I heard here. Yeah, they need to fix his eyes so they can see the rest of the referrals. Oh, that's what it was. Yup. Yeah. So, yeah, Andy is, as you alluded to, at an eye exam, and he's attempting to read an eye chart with his uh, right eye while holding up a plastic spoon uh, over his left eye because they're professionals, Alan. They really are. Um, And April is sitting beside him looking on. And it it doesn't seem like Andy is doing too well. (laughs) We hear him say E, Mm -hmm. H, 4, M. Potato, potato shape, potato shape uh, co- coffee mug <laughs> shape, uh, smudge, smudge, middle finger, smudge, and the rest are all uh, smudges. And then April is, I think, both amazed and horrified, horrified yeah. that Andy drove them there. This this potato shape seeing guy is not a good driver. That is so good. And then the eye doctor tells Andy. Hey, potato shaped guy, I think that maybe you need glasses to which April says you get glasses. I'll divorce you. So, you know, what's what's a guy to do? Too handsome for glasses. Yep. Touche. I love Mark, too. They they take a they you know, they have that little kind of talking head about how they made 100 million doctor's appointments in one week. Uh, And they're out in the directory and you can see clearly there, you know, it says Pawnee Medical Center directory. And there's a list of names. And Dr. Harris is on there. Uh, the optometrist we just met, Mitch Forch, is on oh, yeah, there as yeah, well. Yeah. And, and there's a doctor he's going to meet here in a minute. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you his name when we get there. But it's on the directory and it's terrific. It's another it's got to be another Mike Schur name. 
That's awesome. And I, I thought what I thought you were going to mention this, too. When they're out in the hallway, April's telling us, look, we, we made like a million doctor's appointments and we won't have to go to the doctor for like oh, yeah. 10 years after this At because least. we're smart. And April is telling us like how smart they are mm -hmm. while in the background, uh, partially potato shaped blind Andy is, uh, you know how sometimes when you're a kid, Alan, you take yeah. like a bouncy uh, rubber ball and you throw it against the wall and they catch it. And that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. But usually you're standing a few feet away from sure, the wall. If you're smart. But whatever uh, Andy's thinking is, hey, I'm literally two inches away from the wall and I'm going <laughs> to throw a haymaker right into the wall. And then be surprised when it bounces back and destroys me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, we call him sweet, stupid Andy. Yes, yeah, that, that's a yeah, that's an that's ongoing that, trope that, now. That's happening here. Yep, yeah. sure is. Well, back over at campaign headquarters, we check back in with Team Negative Ad. And we learn that not only does, uh, you know, his hair have game, but, um, you know, Bobby Newport has never had a real job in his whole life. That's right. Team Batman or Team Negative uh, right. <laughs> ad uh, has basically uh, Ben and Tom and Jerry are preparing to record a voiceover for their negative ad. And and it, it ends up that the long and short of it is they're all trying. All three of them are trying to sound uh, menacing and, yeah. and ominous yeah. while saying very Batman. -y, while like saying said. Yeah. while saying unflattering things about Bobby Newport. And ultimately, they're they're like. I'm not sure if they're trying to outdo one another yeah, or if they're just exactly trying to it. show like, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it, like um, helpful yeah. or whatever. I think it's a little both. Yeah. But you basically have like a minute of all three of them going, Bobby Newport, Bobby Newport, Bobby Newport. And Newport. just pour all over and yeah. over again. <laughs> and then the cycle ends with Jerry saying Newport. And then Ben finally says, all right, now we're just wasting time. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> Poor Jerry. Jerry's face, too. He's so crushed. He's so surprised. He really is. Yeah. He shouldn't have been surprised. But he was enjoying himself there. He's one of the guys for a minute. He, yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, in a nondescript hallway at City Hall, Mark, mm. that's where I wrote this location. Mm. Uh, you, you know, I've heard of lost time that an alien abductees report. Well, I've also seen V, both versions. And I think we need to check Chris Traeger for lizard skin. I think it would explain a lot. You know what happens when you see both versions of V? What? It becomes a W. <laughs> Only if I blur my eyes a little bit. Well, you know, that's what happens when you see potato shapes. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back at, at City Hall in a nondescript hallway, as you mentioned. And Chris walks up to Ron and said nondescript hallway. And he thanks him for essentially being his hatchet man during yep. bring the meeting with John, uh, the idea guy. And, and he invites him to lunch. And Ron declines. And... The camera zooms in on this. while he's standing there in the nondescript hallway with Ron. The camera zooms in on Chris cracking up at Ron's response. And then with Chris continuing to laugh in the background, switches over to Ron's confused, grumpy face. Yeah. But when the camera zooms out from Ron's face, instead of being in the nondescript hallway, now we see all of a, a sudden bar. they are in a, uh, I guess it is a bar. I was going to say bar, a restaurant, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're, in, like, whatever, they're, they're yeah. in a bar restaurant together. And, Ron, Ron's talking head. He, he he says, I don't know what happened. I declined his invitation and he started laughing. The next thing I knew, we were at lunch. Did he drug me? <laughs> Which I just thought was brilliant. It's so visually brilliant, too. And I think 
even with the talking head, if you weren't paying attention, you could almost miss it. Yes. You could almost miss it. Yes, I yeah. agree. So definitely take a look at that. That's around 10 minutes and 26 seconds, that sequence, if you've got the uh, either the, the DVDs or on Peacock. By the way, Alan, I wanted to mention, you know, you would describe this apropos as a nondescript yeah, hallway that yeah. they were meeting in. Yeah. If you look past them on the wall you see the mural of the magician and his anthropomorphic rabbit being burned at the stake. Right. I did see that. Doesn't mean anything. I just thought it was funny. (laughs) I love that mural. Well, it it is a bit of a magic trick. Chris does. Yes, it is. Either that or, you know, uh, maybe chloroform and a kidnapping. I'm not sure which. It's a form of magic. Yeah. (laughs) It's a form of magic. (laughs) Okay. I I don't want to testify against you, but I'm prepared to now. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's do (laughs) Well, back over at campaign headquarters, the gang is gathered and it's finally time for the 2012 Leslie Note for City Council Pawnee, Indiana Campaign Ad Techniques Showdown. Take it away, Mark. Holy heck. I need an acronym for that. I can't even imagine the letters that are going through my head right now. (laughs) So, yeah, they're basically prepared to play their ads now and they're going to vote on which one airs. Um, You know what? This this is really funny. Let's. uh, Hey, Alan, uh, earn your pay today. Can oh you, you play play this one more clip, please? I'm already exhausted. All I heard is okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bobby Newport. My dad is friends with John Cougar Mellencamp. That's pretty cool. What is this guy running for? President of being on every channel all the time? Reminder, Leslie, we have less than an hour to get the ad to the station. And you're beautiful and you're organized. So, in order not to bias anyone, these are the two ads that Ben and I made. I'm just going to pick one randomly, and we'll play that one first. Oh, yay, the awesome one. (laughs) Hi, I'm Leslie Nope. I'm pro-parks, pro-public safety, and I'm pro-clean water. I'm also pro-environmental regulation, and I'm very, very pro-local propositions 45, 86, and 102F. But most of all, I'm pro-Pawnee. Here are some other things that I'm pro. Oh, wow. That's a long list. What font is that? It's two? Oh my gosh, it's still going. (laughs) And the list keeps going. As you can see, I'm in favor of a lot of things. Like hot dogs. Right, Charlie? Leap in the air. I'm Leslie Note. And I approve this message. Yes, I love it. Fantastic. Tom. Do we even want to screen yours? Uh, yeah. That was awful. What do you mean? Name one thing that was wrong with it. Okay, you never even mentioned you were running for office. You literally never said the words city council. I didn't. That, it's implied. I didn't. We can just put it in. Okay. Leslie is so good at so many things. Yep. And so bad at that. Yeah. Bobby Newport's been handed everything on a silver platter. His cushy job at his dad's candy company? Handed to him. His 60-foot boat. Bobby's boat handed to him when he was 12. <laughs> Leslie Nope is running for city council too, and she's earned everything she's ever gotten. Ah, she Bobby Newport wants you to just hand him this election. Don't. I won't. <laughs> yes, yes, I love it. Now, people, this is an ad. It's succinct, it's punchy. It's mean, it's depressing, it's awful. I am Ben Wyatt, and I want to destroy Leslie's dreams. 
<laughs> okay. I, I don't think Leslie's on board, Mark. I don't think she is either. You know, I really like the way they wrote Anne in this episode in general and this scene particularly. <laughs> funny, yeah. You know, Leslie gives her the little compliment. She's That's right. you know, she just a little grin. And then the way that she reacts, she yeah. reacts oh, yeah. so viscerally to Ben's ads. Like, I won't. I won't. I, I won't just give it to him. Yeah. Leslie, Leslie has earned everything. Darn it. <laughs> Love it. No, that's a great scene. And what is with that list? That list of Leslie's? There's like, what, 100,000 things on there? 110. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. I think we'll talk about that list a little bit later. I think we will. Yeah. Well, next up, we're back over at Pawnee Medical Center, and uh, the Fix Everything tour continues. <laughs> and Andy now looks like a bright red pinata wearing blue blockers. Yes, he does. Uh, I, I think they're now at a, a food allergist uh, office. Yeah, th this doctor, his name was on the, the directory. What is his name? It's Dr. Lip Nerpens. No, it's not. <laughs> Lip Nerpens. That that is that is not even close to the truth. <laughs> it's actually. Oh my true. gosh, that is that is some craziness. Isn't this where your AKA came from? Uh, it is one of mine. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think it's based on the redness. I might be allergic to getting stabbed by needles. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And you know, Alan. After that, this is really a really pretty brief scene. But it after is. that, there's a there's a talking head with April and Andy uh, in the office uh, where they <laughs> tell us about all the stuff that they've been to doctors for. Yeah. And and I thought it it'd be uh, pretty fun, Alan, if you and I did a little role playing here. And if you could play uh, the role of Andy and sure. I could play the role of April okay. and then and let's, let, let's demonstrate for the audience right, so exactly what happens here. Yeah. <clears throat> We've already been to like five different doctors. I got my ankles microwaved. X-rayed. I took, they took my blood away for use by science. Cholesterol tests. April had her sinuses removed. Looked at. Some guy looked at my wiener, touched it. That was weird. And that guy wasn't even a doctor. What? What? End scene. End scene. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Ding. Ding. I, I want to thank the Academy for this opportunity. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> it's like, it's so random. It's funny. It is. It, it, thank God April is there. Because it's like, I don't understand how he gets through life. No, you really worry about Andy being out on his own. Right. Even right. to go grab a sandwich. He's, you pointed this out in a prior episode. He really is approaching Kevin levels of stupidity. Wouldn't you say? I'd say pretty darn close. But kind of funny. Kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Back at campaign headquarters, it's finally time to vote. And it seems like the gang might be evenly split. Uh, wait, no. Leslie clearly got a hold of my notes. That's not what happened. Yeah, that didn't. That didn't seem no. right. So, yeah, at this point, the gang takes a vote and it's unanimous except for leslie yeah they like ben's ad better and this causes leslie to call them all traitors which she 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 doesn't mean no. and to end her friendship with Anne, which she she doesn't mean no she can't um, leslie is just she's she's just still very nervous and has a lot of misgivings about this i think so she's not feeling great about this but ben seemingly manages to talk her down um, dot, dot, dot. Uh, we then flash forward, I think, a little bit in time and we see Ben inside the station for WTNW Pawnee Channel 4 waiting for someone to come and talk to him. And we see a gentleman walk up to Ben and tell him, OK, you know, we need the DVD in the control room now. When all of a sudden, boom, Leslie bursts in through the double doors behind Ben <laughs> ah! and she screams and she tackles him to the ground, clearly not wanting him to put it on the air. And it then becomes like a Three Stooges reenactment as it's the two close. wrestle on the ground uh, trying to get hold of the DVD. And it's really a pretty even fight. I, I think Leslie might have the edge on him. 
I think she might outweigh him by a couple pounds. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Ben's not a big guy. No. Yeah. Well, then, Mark, we flash forward. We see kind of the aftermath here. And, you know, in his role as communications director, Tom, you know, I like to call him a.k.a. Dr. Spin, uh, lets us know about the good news following Leslie's shenanigans. And the good news is apparently that there's a limited amount of bad news. Dr. Spin. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, what's uh, happening there is that there's the good news is there's only two pieces of bad news, which I've never heard spun like that. So congratulations, Doc. I'm using that for now. Yeah. The bad news is that none of our ads aired and the other bad news is we can't get get our money money back. back. So holy crap. So Tom leaves because he needs a a mango. I think he's hungry. And Leslie and Ben look at each other and Leslie apologizes to Ben and tells him that she'd rather run the fake campaign ad she made when she was 10 than become negative and cynical. And Ben tells Leslie he you know what? He gets it and he doesn't want to crush her dreams. But she is down by 70 points. That's the reality of it. And unfortunately, if she wants to win at this point, she needs to get tougher. You just have to. You just have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I see her reluctance because that's not Leslie's default position, right? Right. She's a very positive person. She'd much rather talk about how she's better, not how he's worse. Right. And I get it. I, I think you and I may be even wired the same way to a degree, but Ben's exactly right. I mean, in, in, in politics, that's not going to be enough. Well, and I think we've seen this theme with Leslie before, yeah, that's like even going back, I want to say as far as season one. Yeah, that's probably true. It's like one of the first things about her that's probably established that they, they kept. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's a great point. Well, we bounce back over to Ron's office and Ron realizes that while Leslie's automatic door closer gift was nearly perfect, it just is not fast enough to avoid his new best friend slash kidnapper. Um, he has bumble flex. <laughs> he does have bumble flex. He's so fast. So <laughs> we're at City Hall and Ron is in his office. And I don't know if he's doing a crossword puzzle or not, but but the camera shot is looking over Ron's shoulder through his open door to like the heart of the bullpen, if you will. Right. And we see Chris talking with Jerry. And he finishes with Jerry. He then turns, pivots, looks at Ron (laughs) through his open door, gives him finger guns and says, Ron Swanson, Ron, alarmed as though he's prepared for this moment for a long time, presses the coveted door control remote that Leslie gave him for Christmas to close his doors. But as you alluded to, Alan, the doors close too slowly and Chris slips in unimpeded, much to Ron's chagrin. I think he maybe even throws the remote away. He's so disgusting. But Chris invites Ron to join him at a seminar on the art of the Japanese tea ceremony or Chagai at the Pawnee Community College. Ron turns him down, but Chris seems unfazed at that, cheerfully greeting Donna before leaving Ron's office. When Ron asks Donna what the hell Chris's problem is, Donna observes, you know what? He's got you doing Ben's job. He's eating lunch with him like Ben used to do. Maybe he just misses his little buddy. And you see Ron a little pensive at that, like he's thinking about it. I think she may be on to something. Yep. We will see. Well, back over at the Pawnee Medical Center, it turns out that April, and and especially Andy, may not have yet mastered this whole insurance thing, uh, you know, as as much as they really should. No, or or life. Or Or anything. (laughs) Or or any of it. Yeah. they can't order a mean pizza, though. 
that they could eat chili out of Frisbee with the best of them. That is true. <laughs> so April and Andy, uh, we we see them uh, still at the, the PMC, the Pawnee Medical Center, I, I would assume. And uh, I think that they're in a dentist's office. Yeah. And April, this place has everything. It's kind of like the mall in Blues Brothers. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. yeah. April and Andy are walking up to the receptionist desk and April uh, looks like April had some procedure done. Like she, she she's moaning and she's holding her jaw and her yeah. mouth looks like it's full of cotton on yeah, one oh yeah, side. So that. she's she's had something done. Yeah. And the receptionist tells them that they owe five hundred dollars. And I think essentially what happens is something like, yeah, 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 yeah. Huh? <laughs> and he corrects her saying no. I've got the free medicine card. Mark, I, I just looked in my wallet. I can't find my free medicine card. Do you have yours? I actually have yours. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> That's what happened. So the receptionist corrects uh, him yeah. uh, saying, well, there's a $500 deductible for oh. dental procedures. Um, Andy, uh, not quite sure what to do on account of he was thinking the free medicine card would be, you know, free. Uh, he panics. He grabs April's hand and he runs off, apparently doing the dental medical equivalent of a dine and dash, only to run headlong and hard into an ambulance parked right outside the front door, nearly knocking himself unconscious. And he says, ah, call an ambulance, a different ambulance than the one I ran into. Because this one's a butt. Yeah, yeah. I, this Pawnee Medical Center is pretty amazing when you look at it. We've got dentists, we've got ophthalmologists, we've got, uh, you know, uh, allergens, allergists, I don't know how to say that, uh, and, and, and ambulances, which is kind of weird when you consider it's like a, you know, a quick, quick, healthy thing. If they had a Build-A-Bear, I would never leave. Oh, my God. They'd have everything. <laughs> and a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, don't uh, even get started. Andy be all over that. Yep. Well, back in Chris's office, we finally get to see the compromise that they all came up with and everyone loves it. Well, almost everyone. Almost everyone. Yeah. We are now seeing, as Alan alluded to, a new campaign ad for Team Leslie Nope playing on, I think it's YouTube, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, to YouTube. And apparently using footage of... 10 year old Leslie from 1985. My guess is that Ben heard her say that and the little light bulb went ding. So Leslie and Ben are sitting on the couch and they're watching it. Um, Alan, I know you're exhausted for on account of all the work you're doing because everybody's gone, but Hey, can you play one more clip? One more clip, Mark. All right. This is city council candidate, Leslie. Nope. When she was 10 years old. Hi, I'm Leslie. Nope. Oh, she's I love Pawnee, and I want to make it even better. Better schools, safer streets, and a more progressive tax on residential properties. This is City Council candidate Bobby Newport today. People keep asking me, Bobby, what are you going to do once you get in office? Um, I'm pretty sure I'll figure it out. <laughs> Leslie Nope had better ideas when she was 10 than Bobby Newport has now. They do have one thing in common. I, I like dogs. <laughs> For a better Pawnee, vote nope for city council. Well, we already have a thousand views. Yeah, but no calls from reporters, no interview requests. I don't care. I'm proud of it. You sure? Yes. It is accurate about my opponent. It does oh, not take... Hold that thought. I wonder who that calls from, Mark. Yeah, like right there at the end, Ben's looking at his cell phone, and he's apparently stunned or excited or something about whoever is calling, and we don't know who that is yet. Maybe it's the press finally calling. 
Oh my gosh, I hope so. Yeah, Maybe it's so Calamezzo. Oh, Joan. That yeah. would be excellent. Yeah. You know, or, she or runs heard. she runs Pawnee. Yeah, she does run Pawnee. Yeah. We learned that before. That's yeah. true. Yeah, it's her town. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mark, we find ourselves back at Chris's office. And as you know, and everyone knows, there is a tactic in Sun Tzu's The Art of War where you distract your frenemy with a Kyle. Um, that, that was The Art of War, right, Mark? Or am I thinking of Kyle Bush's autobiography about NASCAR? It was one of the two. No, you're exactly right. It was Sensei's Art of War. Um, that So at City Hall, we have Ron uh, walks into Chris's office with, of all people, <laughs> Andy's favorite punching bag. That's right. Kyle. Yeah. And from the shoeshine booth. <laughs> from the shoeshine booth goes on account. Of, I don't know if we know what else he does. Yeah. He gets his shoeshine. That's what he does. He works in City Hall, clearly. Well. And has very dirty shoes. As, as Ron tells Chris, this is a great friend of mine. He is a fellow <laughs> who works in... The building, and he is named Dennis. Pause. Pause. Dennis, <laughs> which which Kyle quietly corrects. It's it's Kyle, and Ron suggests to Chris that Dennis slash Kyle uh, strongly enjoys Japanese culture, yeah. mainly because Ron saw him eating some rice. That's and, right, and and that Chris should take him to the thing uh, instead of Ron. <laughs> So Chris walks a few steps away from Kyle with Ron and quietly asks him, look, what's what's going on? And Ron suggests it seems like Chris was looking for a friend. But Chris politely and firmly assures him that's not the case. He knows he needs to replace Ben as assistant city manager. And the truth is he was giving Ron a tryout of sorts. And he hopes that Ron can keep an open mind. And then Chris cheerfully takes off with his new best friend, Dennis slash Kyle, and, and leaves Ron there looking once again somewhat pensive. Kyle-san arigato. Yeah. yeah, that's what I said. I love it. Bless you. Uh, you know, it's funny, too, that, you know, Chris says, uh, no, I, I'm not lonely. I, I have 4,000 Facebook friends and a hot girlfriend. Huh. For a moment. Anyway. So is that hot girlfriend supposed to be of Gergage persuasion? Well, that's what I'm wondering, too. Yeah. It feels like, Yeah. I assume it is. Yeah, it's got to be at this point. We got to say, yeah. yeah. We'll see what happens with that soon. Yep. Yeah. I also too that uh, when Chris learns that you know uh, Ron has brought Kyle because of his you know cultural love of all things Japanese, yeah. he says, "Oh, you're a brother Japanophile." <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Phrasing. <laughs> right. Right. Well, let's redo that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Mark, the next scene takes place at the local hotel restaurant. And, you know, it finally fills us in on who was on the other end of that call uh, to Ben. And apparently not everyone loved Leslie's new ad. Oh, I think you are correct. So, yeah, we see Leslie and Ben walk into a nice restaurant. I don't know if we know where. Alan, where is this exactly? Uh, Mark, I'm happy to tell you we're at the Pawnee Super Suites. Oh and this God. restaurant's called the Ambassador Club. Okay. Shit. All right. So they, <laughs> Leslie and Ben walk into the ambassador club at the Pawnee Super Suites. You're a piece yeah. of work, fella. And, and they're there to meet with none other than Bobby Newport, mm. who is already seated. This 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 is a really good scene. Alan, Alan, you just said I know that was the last clip, but that was one clip ago. Like that now is for real. No kidding. This is the last. This is really the last clip. My yeah. finger's getting tired of it. Yes. All right. Mr. Newport. Hello. Hi. Leslie Nope. Ben Wyatt. Yeah. Good Hi. to see you. Nice to see you. You guys want anything? This is a restaurant, so they have food and stuff. I'll take a milkshake. Oh, we're good. <laughs> what can we do for you? 
Yes. Um, why'd you guys post that video of me, man? I mean, that didn't make me feel good. It was, it was mean. You guys are mean. Well, we used your own ad, so I, I don't think it was mean. All right, let me lay it out for you. My friends keep sending me links to that video, and they just make fun of me. It's just, stop running, okay? Just, that, stop. Stop running the ad? No, stop running the campaign. <laughs> what? Just quit. It would be so cool of you if you just quit. <laughs> then I can win the election, and I'll have a big party, and I'll put you both on the guest list. Plus one. I'm going to have a man who does magic. He's really good. Not like cheesy magic, like good magic. We're not going <laughs> to quit the campaign. Why would we do that? Because I want it. Come on, give me it. Give me it. Give me it. Come on, give me it. Just give me the election. I'm sorry. Please. Please. Forgot well, Leslie, he does make a compelling argument. Come on. Uh, come on. Guy. Bobby. Oh. Oh, it's not padded. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> Why are you even running for office? You know what? I need something to do to get my dad off my back. This seemed easy. <laughs> what about you? Why are you doing it? Who's your dad? I'm running for office because I want to improve the lives of the people that I love in the city that's the greatest city in the world. What? What does that even mean? Hey, I've got an idea. How about you quit running, then I win, but then I let you do all the work. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, and we are going to debate soon, and I need to warn you, I know my stuff. So you should toughen up. Mm. Why are you guys smiling? I feel bad. <laughs> hey, quick question. That little girl from your video? Oh my god, she's so cute. Do you is. think you could talk to her and let her do a, a, an ad for me? That girl is me. As a, as a 10 year old. How'd you do that? <laughs> Speaking of magic. That is brilliant. Oh my God, he's so dumb. He's dumb as a box of rocks. He is. He, he and Andy should get together and have a dumb off. <laughs> I don't know who would win that this week. No, I think he, Bobby would win Kyle. on account of uh, he would give Andy a Bobby bar because his dad made him. Dad and I think that him. would swing Andy over. A Andy would totally forget they were even debating at that point. Yep. Because he's so hungry. I think so. Yeah. Well, Mark, following that terrific sequence, the only thing left is the kicker. Please don't make me play this clip. And uh, <laughs> I, I, in the, here we learn that despite everything they've been through today, Andy still may not understand this whole insurance thing. Uh, he He's just dumb. He is very dumb. So this is this is kind of the last culmination of uh, April and Andy's excellent medical adventure, if you it. will. Um, so, so April and Andy are sitting on a bench outside of Pawnee Medical Center and April is holding her cheek full of cotton and Andy is cradling his lip and nose, which he hurt <laughs> running into the ambulance. He's got his so microwave boots on. They, they look like they are both <laughs> in pain and pretty worn out at yeah. this point. April suggests maybe Andy needs to see another doctor for his lip and nose. But Andy says, well, screw that. Let's just man, let's just go home and care for each other. So they say, OK, so they get up, they start walking and Andy just starts rattling off just general questions into, into the air about what insurance covers. Like, are sewing kits covered by insurance or maybe groceries? How about <laughs> Xbox games? What even is insurance? And April grumpily replies with a mouthful of cotton. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> and scene fade and to black scene, fade to black i love it yep. yeah i love too that he says that you know we could buy a sewing kit and you could sew up my lip underneath a bridge somewhere like <laughs> why why can't they just go home like they're troll people they're troll people or, all of a or sudden bergens from what? the movie troll oh, i don't I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah what the hell's happening i don't know 
All right. Well, nice job breaking that down, Mark, as always. And uh, I think we should take a real quick break. We'll come back, get our get our wits about us as we go into the dark forest here. And uh, we'll, we'll do a score and send everybody home. <laughs> I like it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you a member of a group that needs a place to meet with accommodations for anywhere from 20 to 200 people? Would you like to be able to utilize a room named after a Pawnee celebrity, such as the Calamezzo Ballroom or Happily Hall? If so, then the Pawnee Super Suites Hotel slash Motel may be just what you need. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Located at 380 Drexel Avenue in Greater Pawnee, the Pawnee Super Suites provides reasonably priced accommodations with free, over-the-air, broadcast television and beautiful views of Eastern Drexel Avenue. If you've been to the Super Suites before, don't let that stop you. I will now read an official prepared statement from the newest management team. Quote, for our overnight hotel and motel guests, we are happy to report that many of our exterior room doors can now, in fact, be successfully locked for privacy. Our cleaning staff may not be the friendliest, per se, but they almost always do their appointed job. Our pool now features such improvements as chlorine and security cameras, as required by law. Be sure to make use of our famous and wonderfully random wake-up calls. You never know who's going to call or when. For our corporate and conference clients, our meeting and banquet rooms have recently been upgraded with the most luxurious seating that $8 per chair could buy from Larry's Chair Emporium. Enjoy presentations from semi-famous regional celebrities over our almost state-of-the-art AV equipment in plush meeting rooms with delightfully unstable temperatures. Finally, enjoy eclectic cuisines from such exotic locales as Brazil, Indiana, Portland, Indiana, Alexandria, Indiana, and Lebanon, Indiana. With accoutrements like these, the Pawnee Super Suites has firmly established itself as a viable choice when you just need someplace good enough. End quote. Be sure to tell them Ron sent you and receive a free 13-ounce spray can of Bed Bugs Be Gone at check-in to use at your leisure and for no other reasons. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, as everyone who's listened to us before knows, we usually do cover a little bit of what goes on on the DVDs if you happen to have those. And yep. if not, you know, I, I'd go get them from your local library or, you know, buy a used copy on eBay or uh, heck, just send me a letter. I'll let you borrow mine. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, but this this week, we had about five minutes and 18 seconds of deleted scenes. There's a like an extended cut of April and Andy and Anne. That was a little bit funny. Uh, Anne and a April in the waiting room. Mm. Kind of how all those shenanigans happen. It's funny. It's more of the allergy test. Uh, checking in at the dental office. Yeah. And, oh, gosh. They apparently didn't have an appointment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, there's a, a little bit of a Leslie kind of campaign thing over at Tref Cab where Jerry sings a little jingle. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And then they just look at him and go, no. No. <laughs> and then uh, Chris and Ron at the bar, which kind of extends a little bit the whole kidnapping thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bit. That one's pretty funny. So if you have the DVDs, pick those up and, and they're pretty good. I'd say one other thing I'll, I'll, I will play for you really quick. They, there's a bonus feature on the DVDs that included all of the campaign ads from this particular episode. 
And I think just through the clips we played today, we probably played three or four of them. That I sounds right. 14 total. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Many of them are just really short Bobby Newport ads. Yeah. Um, and this is one of my favorites. This is about how Bobby is just a regular guy. <laughs> Vote for me. Hey, I'm Bobby Newport. And I'm a regular guy. I like dogs. I'm here with my Persian Greyhound, Raclette, who was given to me by my buddy, the pretender to the crown of Alsace Lorraine. Vote <laughs> well, Bobby Newport for city council. That's so good. That's pretty He's good. just a regular guy. He's Mark. just a regular Vote guy. For Vote for me. No, do it. Do it. Do it just because I want you to. I want it. Give me it. Give it to me. Give me it. Now. Please. Please. Oh, please, yeah. Please, give, manners. please yeah. give me it. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> so anyway, enough on the DVDs. If you've got those, check them out. Mark, uh, let's talk about first tropes and fun facts and all those things I can't say very well today. All right. Well, that's a long list. Let's yeah. just, let's, let's <laughs> no, just limit no, no it to joke, first right? tropes and give some yeah. fun facts. Um, I sucked with first. You're usually a lot better at these than I am. I had Not much. Not I had uh, I had one, which is uh, we were first introduced to Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. Or, I mean, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, Bobby Newport. You know what I love about this show, Mark? Mm. The guest stars. They really didn't do much with their lives. And they're also easy to get on the show. Um, <laughs> and the main cast for that matter too I mean we just have three people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe no big deal right yeah right no problems it's eerie that there'd be such a similar pool of people that that it's, would it's go to both it's kind of crazy if it you is. think about it yeah it's very yeah so anyway, that that's my that's my first. What would you have? Um, I had Bobby Newport. Yep. <laughs> we had that one in common. Yep. I forgot about Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> I said the first appearance of the PMC, the Pawnee Medical Center, which is clearly not Ann Perkins Hospital, a.k.a. St. Joseph uh, Pawnee Hospital. You're right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just it's different. It, like there's the whole like if you look at that list of doctors, it's all outpatient. -y. Which is yeah, another reason I don't understand why there's an ambulance to run into. But hey, it's it's a comedy, Alan. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good one. Yeah. So th that's all the first I have. Okay. Uh, what would you have on tropes? I had um, I had six tropes. Um, I had um, I just called it over the top Leslie. I mean, this could be for any number of reasons. <laughs> I particularly true. thought of it when Leslie was tackling Ben to the floor. Oh, that yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I had no. Uh, that's uh, that's a BTL. BTL? Uh, I'm sorry. That's LBT. Uh, was Le it a sandwich? Uh, Leslie tackles Ben. Oh, <laughs> that's a new trope. Okay, new trope. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a you're, you're the one who came up with this in the very first uh, Leslie and compliments. Yeah, I love that one. And, and it was and there's some really good ones in this one. Very funny. Yeah, there are. Um, Ben mugs to the camera. Yeah, we definitely have. Oh my God. Um, we had a uh, punching bag, Dennis or Kyle. Yeah, um, we did. And, and uh, definitely some punching bag, Jerry. Some poor really poor Kai. Yeah. <laughs> and we had uh, early on when, uh, when April and Andy uh, came into Ann's office for some advice, I think we had a little bit of April versus Ann because she started like digging at her early. You're right. I missed that one. Good call. That's all I had. Would you have? Um, I think I only I had two others that I, I think I'd argue are tropes. Um, Sweetums owns Pawnee. Oh, nice. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, we kind of know that. And then uh, Leslie loves Pawnee long time. No, wait a minute. Now that I've heard that out loud, I'm going to revise that. I don't like that. Leslie loves Pawnee. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Okay. Yeah. It, that's a good one. Well, what I meant by that, <laughs> and it, it's horrific. I won't say it again, but <laughs> She's loved Pawnee her whole life. Long time. Long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's really good. She is a born and raised, as per the episode that's title right. from a while back. Yeah. Pawneean. She well, loves Pawnee. She's born in Eagleton. But. Oh, my God. That again. Yeah. Sorry. Can we not just. Just, just, mm, just move on. That's okay. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. 
Um, what about goofs or fun facts? I, I, I know, I, I think we've talked a little about what we might do here on fun facts. Did you find any goofs? I only had, I only had one thing and, and we kind of alluded to it, I think a little bit that, um, it, it's, it's a, I don't know if it's a goof. It's, it's an, uh, so is there, is there a section called oddities? Cause I'll, I'll categorize there that under now. this. Okay. So it's a little odd. Uh, that Nick Newport Jr. was never mentioned again yeah. as of at least in season two. Witness a relocation, Mark. That That's could what it be. Was. Yeah. Maybe we need to check the office. Because <laughs> um, so, in season two, if I recall, Alan, he was depicted as being the heir to the Sweetums slash Newport yeah, throne. Absolutely. And now it's not him at all. Yeah. And with no explanation. You know, here's my theory. Hmm. Nick is the older brother. Uh, he has been uh, he's shamed himself somehow in the family hmm. and he's no longer there the throne it's now going to the younger brother this is like this is like the royals mark is what this is i mean they're the royals of pawnee that 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 could be it yeah he's like andrew he just kind of stepped out maybe then. he took up with a commoner and they disowned him that's what it was yeah yeah mm, interesting all right not an oddity we solved it <laughs> um <laughs> that, that, what did you have any goofs uh i had no goofs um no, I had no goose this week. Oh, uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the the fun facts, though. I think this is a big good one. All right. Um, I had I had two ish. Um, the the first one is you know I think Alan we talked about this a little bit actually in the last uh, episode. It's always fun to see all the stuff that's hanging in Ron's office that yeah. we can recognize. Yeah. So, for example, it's pretty easy to spot the the fairly large poster for Charles Mulligan's Steakhouse. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fairly easy to see the large-ish breakfast uh, mural. Course, yeah. um, maybe because they're so large and prominent. However, I frequently miss a smaller one, the mural that Mark Brandanowitz drew in the season two, episode That's nine right. episode, The Camel. So yeah. remember when Chris, like, deftly, because he wears Bumbleflex, he slipped into Ron's <laughs> office before the, the doors yes. could close? Yeah. When he's asking Ron to go with him to the Japanese tea ceremony, yeah. you can clearly see Mark Brandanowitz's as a uh, a uh, little mural there yeah. over his right shoulder. The camel, yeah. Yeah, the camel. I, I love that. I think it's like, it's neat to me that they allowed Ron to be a little bit sentimental in that. I completely agree. Yeah. I completely yeah, agree. Yeah, you'd expect that in Leslie's office for sure. Not necessarily Ron's, but I like it. The, the only other thing I was going to mention, and we can do this together or whatever, yeah. is, you know, there's that huge list yeah. of- well, You of, said you only had two, and that's why I was questioning that, because the list, the list of Leslie's pros is what we're talking about, right? Correct. When which, it's scrolling which, through. Yeah, we the played ad. the ad and you couldn't hear, see what was going on because it's just this long ass list. Right, of right. 110 items. And, and I she think, think she's pro. font size may have been literally two. Well, like it was very, very, very tiny. Yeah. And the crawls, what that's called, Mark, in a, you know, TV terms. Huh. That crawl is like actually pretty rapid at one point. <laughs> it's just hard to see. Yeah, it's not a crawl. It's a sprint. It's a sprint. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, what I did was I slowed it down into bullet time and did Sweet screen God. captures. Yeah. That, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, I did the thing that you just said, too, but not <laughs> nearly as neat sounding. I did not have all 110. I yeah, think well, I let's I, not read all 100. I think I picked 30. Oh. Would it, would, <clears throat> it's pretty. That's but I've, I, I've been practicing. That's conservative. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Yeah. I've been practicing. I think I can speed through this in about right. in about 50 seconds. All right. Let's do it. Right. All right. Let's go. Go. The Better Better Business Bureau. More <laughs> snowplows. Fewer libraries. Uh -huh. One park ranger for every 10,000 raccoons. Love it. Start talking to Cuba again. <laughs> 
plow for charity, yep. forming an ad hoc subcommittee oversight committee, challenging the norm, finally passing PR 61, formally recognizing South Korea, unionizing ice cream trucks, <laughs> get Europe out of debt, free trade with Illinois, legalize Korean, reopen the toucan exhibit at the Pawnee Zoo, <laughs> fine Gabe the toucan, Memor <laughs> memorial for those lost in the trampoline incident, prosecuting former PDA president Linda Trifle, oh, working yeah. sewers, more parades, challenge the norm, finish the statue of Burt Bacharach, no more conflict diamonds, bulletproof glass everywhere, free cookies at every street corner, one school for every student, require <laughs> flattering mirrors in public restrooms, free cake when it's your birthday, rickshaw Wednesdays, making it illegal to refuse a hug, and finally, <gasps> Prop 6A to recognize all five food groups. Bing! Terrific. All right. I love it. <laughs> and there are some other also funny ones that we just oh, yeah. didn't want to go on and on yeah. and on, but very funny list. Yeah. There's several themes in there and they'll, she'll hit a theme and she'll have three or four on the theme. Right. Yeah. Right. Clearly some stuff with the toucan, some Korean stuff, uh, the Better Business Bureau, and then something about, you know, child labor. <laughs> So I really like Rickshaw Wednesdays. Rickshaw Wednesdays is brilliant. <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue, but uh, nonetheless, it's a great idea. It is. It really is. Well, nice job. I think you hit some of the best ones for sure. Did I did I miss any fun facts? Or did you have any? I didn't have any other fun facts. I um, I thought that was pretty good. Did you get the one from Leslie? It said require all city employees to check and respond to email. <laughs> no, one <missed> that. <laughs> no one spoke to me personally because I bet there are people who wish I was required by law to do that. And oh, I, yeah. I you would mean to ignore people. I just get so much email. It's crazy. You would be so arrested. I would be arrested. <laughs> arrested development. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, nice job on the tropes. Fun facts first and all that jazz, Mark. Um, let's uh, let's get into our scoring. All right. Let's get into it. Well, you know, Alan, we're both now submitting choices for MVP and blah, 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 blah. All right. Yeah. So my MVP for this episode is Paul Rudd as Bobby Newport. Nice. I, I thought he did it, my reasoning. It, Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. He, he's yeah, always he's fantastically charming and yeah. he's funny. And I've liked almost everything I've seen him in. This is no different. Yeah. Um, I really like the way they portray Bobby Newport here. I mean, he's. Yes, he's rich and he's powerful. That's a given. He's a Newport and he's kind of a he's kind of a tool, but he's not evil, nor is he really. He's not even I wouldn't even say he's unpleasant. Yeah. I, I think at his core, he's just a big kid who's always gotten what he's he's always gotten what he wants and he has no clue how to handle it when someone opposes him. So that's kind of his his shtick. I love him telling Leslie and Ben, I want it. Give me it. Give but me. like, that's so <laughs> you see the wheels turning in his head almost as if he suddenly remembers what mom and dad told him he's supposed to say. If he wants something yeah. from someone, it's, yeah. I'm sorry, please, please give me it. Please quit. <laughs> um, I also cracked up. This is a little visual, so you couldn't really tell, but I cracked up when at the restaurant, he kind of threw his head back petulantly against the back of the bench. Ah, you know, like he's frustrated yeah. only to go, oh, this bench isn't padded. We heard a thud. It was like, <laughs> it hurt me. Yeah. So once again, good writing for sure. But kudos to Paul Rudd. Yeah, he did funny. such a such a good job. Um so a few additional notes. This episode addresses, I think, a core concern of Leslie's. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, Alan. Specifically, can Leslie compete politically mm -hmm. without fundamentally changing who she is? Yep. Like, I I like this. As a running theme, I think I mentioned this. We've seen this as far back as uh, uh, season one, episode five, The Banquet, where her, her mom, oh, yeah. uh, Marlene Griggs, no, played by the great. Pamela Reed That's right. uh, suggests she blackmail yeah. Janine Restrepo Thanks, and get what she wants and she can't do it. Yeah. You know? um, 
Over its run, this show has consistently, I think, displayed creative solutions and compromises to the problems they're facing. And I didn't think this was any exception. I love that they use 10 year old Leslie <laughs> to kick Bobby Newport's ass. Yeah. Um, I also love it that Bobby thought it was some sort of magic trick. How did you do that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Industrial light and magic. I thought that this brought up a really interesting situation as well. Bobby Newport is clearly like an Andy level idiot. Yeah, he really is. And we know, Alan, that he provides absolutely no real actual competition for our girl, Leslie. And yet he is handsome. Yeah. He's charming. Yeah. He's likable. He's yeah. connected with a well-known and well-loved institution. And he is a credible challenge, I think, for Leslie to overcome. But Mark, um, here's the thing. Hmm. Like Leslie said, we all know that that doesn't matter, that the voting public really respects career bureaucrats uh, who care about the thing that they're running for. More than anything. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> we know this. I hope the citizens of Pawnee know it. No, I don't think they do. But, but I, I mean, in all seriousness, I like that he's not made out to be this dumb, 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 mustache twirling evil guy. Yeah. He's kind of. I a, did like that. He's kind of adult. He's adult. But he's not. A lovable adult. He's not unlikable. Yeah. And he's not evil. He's just adult. Yeah. And I think he, Leslie kind of is going to have a tough time overcoming him because this is a sort of thing that the public may flock to they, they may find it uh kind of uh you know charming especially if he gives them bobby bars oh my god <laughs> um his dad made those i during you remember the scene where uh ben and tom and jerry uh, bobby newport yeah, they just oh, yeah. hit that over and over yeah. and over i really 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 wanted ben to put on the batman outfit <laughs> just just to help them all get in the mood you know what i mean i just feel like that was a missed opportunity i'm batman bobby newport <laughs> um and you know what? I think we had mentioned Arrested Development at some point in this. Is it just me or were there multiple subtle references to Arrested Development in this episode? I, I feel like that's especially true in this episode. Now, it's not uncommon either. So I, I clocked Bobby Newport talking about good magicians. Yes. That he was going to have I at his party. That. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. The Batman-esque, yeah. uh, gravelly Will Arnett style voiceover during Ben's political ad. Love it. Um Leslie saying, oh, come on. When when the bus with Bobby Newport was oh, yeah. in the background. Yeah, it's like I was like, are you trying to imply something? I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So anyway, that's just me. Um, I was thinking about the whole April and Andy versus Jim and Pam comparison. Tell I, me more. I love both couples on both shows okay. for sure. But I will give the Parks and Rec writers credit for keeping, in my opinion, April and Andy fresh and likable and funny post-marriage. Uh, I, I feel okay. like I love Jim and Pan. I think they were great. I yeah. just think the office had a little trouble with this, keeping them fresh once they got together. And I feel like they may have, I don't want to say dodged the bullet, but I think I've handled it well with them. So just, well, they just, also went right into parenthood. I think that made maybe a little bit of an additional challenge for them. You know what? That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, Where these guys just have championed the three-legged dog so far. <laughs> he is outstanding. He really is. Um, I, I thought Andy had some comedy gold moments. When his sneeze on the ladder, when he gave himself a concussion, the wild hammer swing, his tumble yes. to the floor, his interpretation of the eye exam letters, potato shape, coffee mug shape, smudge, smudge, middle finger smudge. Um, and then April saying, my God, you drove us here, you <laughs> blind bat. Um I, I like the way I mentioned this earlier, but I wanted just to say it again. I like the way they've been writing Anne lately. Like she's not she's not a, a powerhouse character. No. But 
I feel like they've been morphing her into having a little bit more of a backbone, like standing up to April yep. and Andy. She's willing to try new things, like in the last episode being Leslie's campaign That's manager, true. even if just for a day. Yep. And and seeing satisfying nuanced reactions, like when Leslie gives her a compliment and she kind of hee hee hee, you know, looks up at dad. Like it's she's becoming yeah. more three dimensional. And, and I like that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're working on Chris on the long term arc here as well. So we I know agree. that that's going to come together in a good way. I completely agree. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, just a couple of small. I, I don't I even hesitate to call these nitpicks. Let's just call them slightly negative mark observations. Picks. Mark picks. These are small mark picks. I didn't think that the B and the C stories were awful by any stretch. I thought they both had really funny moments. They both felt in my opinion, weaker than the A story, which is fine, but it maybe suggests that this episode suffered from having slightly inconsistent highs and lows yeah, throughout. That's fair. Um, so just a just an observation, a mark pick. I also kind of wondered why Ron, April and Andy weren't present as part of the campaign gang at Nope campaign headquarters. The past few episodes, whenever they've talked about her campaign gang, these three have definitely been in the thick of things. That's true. I know logically why they did it. They did yeah. it so they can split it off for it to have sure. different storylines. I get it. And it wasn't really jarring. It's just an observation. So on to the Mark rubric. Um, I'm going to give this a four base score. I, I thought it had a great main storyline and I thought it had good, but slightly weaker supplemental storyline. So I, the decent points, I gave it a four. Okay. I'm going to give a whole point uh, to a great performance by episode MVP. Paul Rudd as Bobby Newport. I, I really, really, really like Paul Rudd in this. I thought he did a great job. I like the character. I, I'm just, I'm a fan. I'm going to give half a point for good, solid performances by Amy Poehler and Adam Scott just throughout. I just thought they were just solid, dependable. I want to give uh, some props for that. I'm going to give a whole point for April and Andy's storyline and their multiple comedy gold moments. Like they were pure comic relief, (laughs) but I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm going to give half a point for, in my opinion, doing a decent job utilizing their deep comedic bench. Mm -hmm. Um, including the main storyline kind of feeling like a team effort, like a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give, now here come my cheater combos. Um, I'm going to give half point in what I call the Swanson combo. I'm going to combine Ron's delight in telling John his projects are canceled combined with his dismay at his slow uh, remote door closer, resulting in him throwing it away. Um, I thought that was funny. Half point for that. I'm going to give another half point for what I call the guest star combo, uh, not including Paul Rudd. Um, it's for uh, Dr. Harris, which is uh, played ah. by Cooper Thornton, Thornton uh, with his ridiculous but very funny apathetic mannerisms combined with Kyle, played by Andy Forrest, who when Ron is trying to find Chris a new best friend. So half point for that. I'm going to give another half point for all of the well-crafted but ridiculous uh, Bobby Newport ads. I love those. I mean, not even including those on oh, yeah. the, uh, on the oh, extras. We never just, just the ones yeah. that we played were so yeah. funny. Yeah, those were good. And I'm going to give one final half point for the entire penultimate scene with Bobby Newport at the restaurant at the Pawnee Super Suites <laughs> uh, asking Leslie and Ben to drop out. I just thought the whole scene was so funny and it also kind of established their characters a little bit and yeah. drove the plot. So it I made really Bobby more dimensional. Yes. Yes, yeah. it did. So Alan, you add all those crazy Mark numbers up and you come out with nine little Sebastians. I, I think, I think maybe I like this episode just, just slightly less than the previous episode, the comeback kid, mm. but not enough to give it a different score. It's it's, I gave both of those nines, the skits a nine all in all, it feels like season four has kind of, 
amped up the juice here. And they're now starting to consistently give us episodes that are, in my opinion, maybe more uh, comparable in quality as to what we were used to in season, season three. three. Yeah. Uh, that's it for me, buddy. What you got? Well, Mark, the good news is, as as Tom would say, there's only really one piece of bad news. Oh, dear. And that's that your score is wrong. Oh, dear. And here's why. Okay. So um, <clears throat> most of the things you said I agree with. I, I could not give this the same score I give the Comeback Kid, though. I, I felt like most of the strength of this episode was in the A story and the comic relief of the B story. Or, well, in your case, the C story. Right, I right, right, the B right. Story. Um, the Ron and, and Chris story wasn't bad. It just didn't go anywhere. And I wonder, I think back to Sister City, right? And, you know, we talked about that guest star who super duper funny guy, right? Right. Fred um, Armisen. How could you not like him? Yeah. And I love Fred. Right. But I, I, you and I, I think, talked off air one week about uh, the, the screen time. I've got this spreadsheet yes, that shows yes, the yes. screen time. And I remember griping about that. And then later feeling very justified in my gripe because I went and looked and Fred Armisen had like 11 minutes of screen time From in that one, one episode. episode. Yeah. His only appearance ever. That's incredible. And it made him like 18th in the list overall. I'm like, are you kidding me? Right, right. So Paul Rudd is up in that list too. And this episode's a big chunk of it. Right. I'm not certain that they didn't give him just a little too much airtime here. Interesting. Okay. I can see that. Mostly very funny. And I agreed with everything you said. I like Paul Rudd. Uh, he he's, he said he can't come on my show and I'm not a, too upset about that. But um, I also said I didn't know really who he was. So they may be mad about that. But when you know. have someone on for that long, there's a cost involved. There is a cost involved. You give up something to get something. Right. 21 minutes, 40 seconds, whatever it was, you know, that is a finite amount of time. And uh, unless you're in Peacock, you know, supersized bonus episode land. Right. You just got the time you got. Right. And if you remember, Mike sure talked about this, like you have to make these trade-offs. And he's right. convinced that the, the more you cut, the funnier what you're left with is. And I think generally that's true. Yeah. And yet I think I might have rebalanced this one just a bit. Okay. But, I can see that. But maybe they didn't have enough in that Chris Ron storyline. Like you said, it was like it felt constructed that they peeled these guys out of the campaign central in order to tell these other stories. Because how many episodes in a row can you have where it's the whole gang? I know. Yeah. I agree. So I get it. I yeah. do. And it's still amazingly good show. Um, I gave it eight and a half little Sebastians, mostly because I felt that imbalance was there. Um, I will say, though, that... Um, I gave it an extra half point, by the way, for the crazy <laughs> names. Um, we already talked about, you know, uh, the character actor Rick Fitz as Dr. Lip Nerpens. <laughs> but we also, if you look at the cast and the guest list, um, we also had uh, an actress, Jenny Fagan, as Eleanor Pentruple. Oh, no, excuse me. Easy. Eleanor Puntruple. Oh, dear. That's a name. Wow. And then we had uh, Michael Marconi as Walter Clemmingbing. Oh, my gosh. Like, the names are just ridiculous. Those are crazy. Like, they just should say, like, staff person. Like, but no, Mike sure is not going to do that. He's going to nope. give us these terrific names. So there's always a hidden gem there if you're willing to go find it, I guess. I agree. Yeah. I would say also, too, on the bench depth here, I felt like if you especially, and you and I talked about, we both thought the deleted scenes were pretty funny. We talked about that a little off air. Um, I think this is another one of those, if you assemble the whole episode back together with those, you end up with a better episode. So if we can tell a 24 minute story versus a 21 minute story, it probably then does in my mind, go up to the nine very easily. Cause in this Interesting. case, as I, and I don't often feel this way. I felt like the deleted scenes added something here. 
And one thing they added was more screen time for Donna and a little more screen time for Jerry. And I think that would have really drove home the whole bench depth thing, despite having some imbalance in A, B, and C stories. That's a great point. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so th- there you go. That's my feeling. We, we, we've said in the past, they need to hire you so you can Frankenstein together really your so. own supersize yeah. uh, yeah. episodes sponsored yeah. by LFB. Yeah. Peacock, um, uh, here's my, I'll, I'll DM you. Well, you know, I, 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 as always, I like your reasoning. And, and honestly, I don't think our, our scores are, are that no, far we're apart. never that far I mean, off, yeah. I even said I like this slightly less better than than the comeback kid. Not enough to go down to an eight and a half. That's fair. And also not enough to lose my parking space and make say, it an eight. I know what you do if you had quarter points. But but so that explains that the, the, the gap is even less, I think, between your score and my score. So no, I I completely get I that. I bet if we had quarter points and we were allowed to use them, which we're not, we both would have probably come in as an eight seven five on this episode. I mean, hypothetically, in a world where that wouldn't get us in trouble, I suppose that might be the case. But yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. Well, nice job, Mark. I think we've uh, we've got that one well covered. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will be back next week for season four, episode 13, Bowling for Votes. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, if you've just watched the Oscars, there's an interesting tie in. We'll talk more about that next week. And I'm really looking forward to it. Will we ever? We will. Yep. All right. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Here, have a bobby bar. Go, I have my dad made them. <laughs>